Next on BYU Sports Nation, the coordinators speak today. Ty Detmer will discuss his BYU offense for the first time in public. What do you hope to hear? Eli Issa Tuiaki at Lamb will be also introduced to in this afternoon's press conference. What does Blaine Fowler expect to hear from the new guys? Plus, BYU women's hoops coach and NBA veteran Jeff Judkins on the craziest fan experience he's ever witnessed. Plus, an Olympic gold medalist in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 5th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with a man who has, once again, talked himself into another hairy trap, Jerem Jordan. Someone said I look like, uh, who is it, Fredo Corleone? From The Godfather. From The Godfather. Doesn't that guy die? I do. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, he does. Oh, are you so, offended by that? No, I don't care. Everyone's, everyone's taking shots, which is totally fine. I can handle it. I'm the Mitch Matthews of this program. Now, here's the reality of the situation. Jerem said yesterday that he would keep his mustache until BYU basketball Loses a game. Now, yeah, what he yeah. failed to remember is that he has play-by-play responsibilities for men's volleyball starting on Friday. Yeah. And he said, I want it gone for Friday. Yeah, I, for- yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I said it, though, so I'm doing it. It's I'm not- a man of my word, man. I know you are. I know you are. When have I not lived up to it? Probably a lot. We just remember the ones that I no, did live up to. No, you shaved your head when you said you would, and you jumped in the pool, in that freezing pool in Vegas, when you said you would. It's true. Most of these I talked myself into, like you said. And it's my fault. People really. are always like, how come you don't do it with him, Spencer? Because I, I don't not put myself idiot. in those positions. <laughs> you're not an idiot. It's calculated that I don't do that. You're an elite speaker. I'm not elite. <laughs> so I talk myself into these, this nonsense. The juvenile hijinks. But it's so fun, man. But a juvenile couldn't grow a mustache like this. Will it get thicker? Will it get no, any thicker? No. It won't? No. Man. No. This is it. It's, it's this like is it, pinnacle, man. the pinnacle this mustache is right now. Some people at my at my elementary school had a mustache like this. <laughs> it, I'm, you know, in my 30s, and here we are. Oh, on that note, Fredo. <laughs> yeah, transition out of that, man. Host. Here are today's BYU Sports <laughs> Nation headlines. BYU football will hold a press conference at 3 p.m. Eastern today to officially introduce Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki. I thought you were going to say the Big 12, Spencer. As the offensive and defensive coordinators, Ed Lamb as an assistant head coach, both Detmer and Tuiaki are scheduled to join us on this show tomorrow, BYU Sports Nation special. Awesome. We plan on periscoping that, so check that out online. The updated NCAA RPI has BYU men's basketball at 88. 88 right now. BYU playing two teams this week in the... Uh, high two, uh, low 200s. Win those games and then beat Gonzaga and St. Mary's at, at home. home. Win the games you're supposed to win and beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga at home. BYU will be in good shape. True. They'll be in good shape. Former running back Cougar Paul Asike resigned a reserve futures contract with the Chicago Bears. Not that much of a surprise. He was already with them. 
His contract won't kick in until the start, however, of the 2016 NFL season. Wani Unga signed one of those contracts with the New York Giants. Yeah, projecting for the future. Yeah, Lasike was a practice squad guy, but very cool that he can stand the league. ESPN's Bracketology has the women's team at BYU as a 12 seed playing Syracuse in the first Bracketology for the ladies. And the Cougars' latest RPI is this. This surprised me. I didn't know this. They're 10. Their RPI they is higher. They are number 10 right now. Than wow. the seed they are projecting That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird, but good for BYU Hoops. We'll talk to Jeff Judkins coming up. He's scheduled really hard, and it has paid off. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Meet the new BYU football coordinators. They need to know the culture, and they need to know what it's like to be part of BYU. And so um, I think it's huge for, for our players to know that these guys can understand what they're going through. Kalani Satake, the new head coach at BYU, on what he wants from his coordinators. They have been announced, but they have not been officially introduced to the media. That'll all change today at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 Eastern. Ty Detmer and Eli Satuiaki as the new offensive and defensive coordinators, respectively, as well as Ed Lamb as an assistant head coach. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. What do you want to hear from Ty Detmer, Eli Satuiaki, and Ed Lamb today in their press conference? First tweet coming in using the hashtag BYUSN at BengalRunner10. Types of offense and defense that will be run. Also, who the other coaches will be. I think that's the prevailing you know, thought for a lot of these tweets in here. Is, yeah, a lot who, of them are snarky el- and funny. Who else is there going to be? And what is it going to be a pro-style offense from Ty Detmer? And are they going to switch from a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 base defense? Yeah, there's this assumption that BYU is going to run pro with Ty. I don't know how valid that is. We'll see. Because he played in the NFL, he wants to run pro. There's a lot of spread offenses now in the NFL. That's what he knows the best as a player. But is he going to cater to kind of the style of play that most people have? We'll see. And then defensively, does BYU run a 4-3? Do they make that transition this year? Because you'd think that in the future, BYU would run a 4-3. That's what Kalani Sitaki liked to run at Utah. That's what I believe they ran last year at Oregon State. So we'll see. And then, yeah, who are the other... Who are the other assistant coaches? We know four of the probably ten guys, right? So I know they're doing a ton of interviews trying to figure that out. I don't know if they'll announce any today, but those are the things I want to hear too. What kind of offenses and defense will be while you run? Or at least what's your kind of vision with this? What kind of rec- How's recruiting going, especially the top two recruits, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams? How's mm. that going? Mm-hmm. What's the situation there? Um, and And – how soon do we expect to get these coaches? If you recall in 2013, by the way, BYU revamped the offensive side of the ball. With go the fast, staff. go hard. They did not have that staff in place for signing day. So it could be, be a while. I, I do expect in the next month for BYU to complete the coaching staff, though. Maybe not. Ty Detmer's return to Provo goes from kind of a surreal feeling to real in a little under three hours when he addresses his new inherited BYU offense for the first time in a coaching role in Provo. First-year coordinator, but a guy who is as much, if not more so in Provo, a hero than one Jimmer Fredette. Okay, the millennials, or whatever you want to call them. Are we millennials? Um, they, they gravitate towards Jimmer, right? Ty Detmer was the guy in the generation See, he's before my that. guy, man. And before yeah. that, it was probably Steve Young. You know, and McMahon, you could add a lot of those guys, but the, like the most likable BYU athlete of that era or whatever, right? Accomplished, oh. heralded, yeah. 
everyone loves the personality, you know, all that. So Ty, it's going to be have, fun to have Ty here because we're going to have that accent, a little southern draw. Yeah, I think we're going to run a pro-style offense. It's going to be you fun. Have, you do it's that pretty be, well. It's going to be ha- fun to have him here because I think he's going to be a fun interview. His personality is great. If you missed that NFL Films, the Detmers, it's on YouTube. Maybe we'll tweet it out. It's really good. Really good. What Brett Favre says about Ty Detmer is really entertaining. <laughs> yes. Ty Huber Detmer. On the defensive side, Elisa Tuiaki is a bit of an unknown to the BYU community per se, but he's catching he's, from Provo. he's catching positive attention because of his quick wit on social media. He tweeted out a picture with Ty Detmer. was like, I got to meet the new offense coordinator, Ty Detmer. Oh awesome. My oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, a little fan there. <laughs> and his track record as an assistant speaks for itself. Throw in assistant head coach Ed Lamb, who leaves his head coaching position at Southern Utah, where the Thunderbirds enjoyed some great success just recently. And the former BYU guy, Lamb, who was in Provo with Satake, now reunites with his former teammate in a coaching role. Isn't Ed Lamb the most interesting coach BYU's maybe had in a while? He's not LDS, but he has a calling in church. He goes to church, but he's not LDS. How does and he that played, work? And he played at BYU. So he can, he can speak from a different angle than anybody else maybe in BYU history. Yeah, really? What, what, and what are his roles going to be within his assistant coaching position? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about his calling in church. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's Sunday school and young man. <laughs> Let's get into the schematics of this all. A word you should get used to from Kalani Satake is Aggression. We're going to be a balanced team. We're going to, we're going to run the ball. We're going to throw the ball, you know, and, and try not to punt as much on offense. And then, uh, you know, defense, we're going to be, uh, we'll be aggressive. They're going to be aggressive in recruiting as well. Okay, so I, here's the thing, Jerem. I just want to hear. We've heard what Kalani wants from his guys. It starts with recruiting and aggression, aggressive style of play. I want to hear what Ty Detmer wants to do with Tanner Mangum and Taysom Hill. I am, that is the thing that intrigues me the most. I don't think he'd answer. You, I don't even think you worry about that until you know that you have Taysom Hill. I, I mean, like, you figure that out, but Anything. you're not going to show your any, cards on Any that. news on Taysom Hill. Yeah. Conversations with him. Yeah. What the relationship is like. I, I am so intrigued to know any of that. How well does Ty Depper know what he wants to do himself? How well does he know the BYU personnel? I Good think, questions. I Good think, questions. I think we're still in a transition period where I, I don't know that Ty is fully like in Provo, living here, hundred percent doing this job yet. Like I has, a, I know recently he was still flying back to Austin and that kind of thing. Is his family moving? Out? I don't know that he is settled. Like when you move somewhere. It takes a while. You're like going to the post office and changing your address and changing your credit card. There, there is a lot of logistics associated with life and that kind of movement. He has daughters, I think, too. I think at BYU right now. Let alone, okay, I gotta hire. I gotta help hire these guys on offense. I've gotta get to know these guys. It's the second day of school, so they probably got back in town over the weekend. They started lifting yesterday. It's. It's a huge transition period. That's why I say it might be a couple weeks still before we get the assistance, before we get many answers. This may just be roll Ty Detmer out there, roll Tuiaki out there, roll Lamb out there. They chat, but we might not know a ton today. I won't be surprised if not a lot of news comes out of this. 
This isn't about what we're, what we think is going to happen. This is about what we want to hear, right? Okay, I want him to say we're running this kind of offense. <laughs> yeah, Tanner, I yes. guarantee he'll throw for four thousand. <laughs> Squally is going to run for five hundred. Jamal will run for a thousand. You know, yeah. Nick Kurtz will get drafted next year. Yeah. Some questions will be asked, like the 4-3 base defense question to Tuiaki. That is yeah. going to be asked. If no one asks that, will you ask that today? Sure. Okay. What kind of control will Tuiaki have play calling on the defensive side of the ball? Because Is it, Kalani, a, is it 100%? Is it 100%? Because yeah. Kalani is a defensive guru. He's giving uh, Tuiaki the chance that Kyle Whittingham gave uh, Sataki. Hey, you've proven yourself as an assistant. Now you're the D.C. Let's see what you can do, man. Will there be any updates on the recruiting front, whether it be guys that have already been in the program with Jamal and Taysom or and they, new guys? And they can't name names on the, the recruits like we cannot because we're BYU. Um, but, yeah, how's it, it's a dead period right now. There are no texts, uh, one phone call per week, no in-person visits. And so that's, that's a challenge, right? I think that goes until the 14th. But So another, another nine days. That being said, BYU already has a bunch of – four-star guys lined up for the roster this fall. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. There are eight four-star recruits currently on or lined up to join BYU football this fall. Eight. Can you remember a time when BYU had that many four-stars together? I know that certain people are not big on the stars. Let me say this. I would rather have a bunch of guys with stars than not, okay? <laughs> and you're, I don't think you're very smart if you think otherwise. Some of the BYU greats have not been high-profile guys. But guess what? You know who the best teams are? The teams with the most talent. You think Saban at Alabama doesn't care about stars? Wrong! Oh, you... Is some, some guy evaluates other guy. Whatever. Those evaluations can be off, and BYU doesn't look into those. But it's nice when, when people evaluate a bunch of guys. And you're not leaning on just one dude. It's not just like Jake Heap saved the program post-Max Hall. It's not that situation. There are a bunch of guys, and in various positions. We're talking about guys that, in some cases, and four-star athletes at BYU, that have already produced. Fred Warner. Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum, yes. Like, did those four-star guys pay off? Nick Kurtz. Those, those kind of guys. Let's go, man. What do you want to hear from Ty Detmer, Elias Atuiaki, and Ed Lamb today in the press conference? At BYU Twitter says, from Detmer, no third and long draw plays. And that he'll use tight ends more. Depends. Is it third and 18 at the four? Come on, man. <laughs> Up next, national championship pedigree back on the show. Blaine Fowler and what he wants to hear from the new coaches. Life moves fast. Children grow and teenagers move on. Make memories that endure. Laugh together. Cheer together. Spend time together. Build experiences that keep you close even when you're far apart. Shop together at the BYU store and make BYU a family tradition of togetherness. A message from your friends at BYUstore.com. BYU Sports Nation is made possible by a generous grant from Forever Resorts. Forever Resorts owns and operates more than 65 vacation and entertainment properties in or near national parks, recreation areas, and national forests. Forever Resorts, making memories for over 25 years. I'm attorney Chris Dexter at Dexter Law. We love BYU sports and consider it a privilege to sponsor Cougar Sports Broadcasts on BYU TV. Learn more at DexterLaw.com and Go Cougars! I've spent years in the car business at Smith Auto, our family dealership, and I've spent hours watching the Cougars in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 
Smith Auto and Spanish Fork helps bring the action home by sponsoring BYU TV's coverage of the Cougars. They also provide BYU TV a fleet of Ford automobiles. Customers choose from a full selection of Ford vehicles, including F-Series trucks. Smith Auto and BYU TV, successful partners in bringing Cougar sports to fans everywhere. Tomorrow on Studio C, we're taking a trip to the Old West. And by Old West, I mean New West. And by New West, I mean Utah. We live here. Blue runs deep on BYU TV. Don't miss the Loyola Chicago BYU men's volleyball game. Live Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 Mountain. Watch all of your favorite BYU teams on BYU TV. Your home for Cougar Sports. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. You can always join our conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Men's Hoops is on BYU Radio and ESPNU Thursday night, late tip, 11 Eastern time. You can check that out, BYU versus Santa Clara Thursday night. Our Twitter question today, what do you want to hear from Ty Detmer, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb today in their press conference at the Real Kin Jin says, I want them to announce Guy Holiday as the wide receiver position coach. I think a lot of people want that. Now, now let's be clear on something. BYU does not have to keep anybody, right? Um, it, would it be in their best interest to do so? That's up to them. That's up to them. They weren't around to see how good these coaches were. Do they have relationships with them? You bring in your crew. Sometimes you want to keep some people that have been there so you can keep certain recruits or you think they've done a good enough job or you have a previous relationship with them. If it's not there, though, I, you might not keep them. They, BYU might not keep any of those three. They might keep all three. I don't know. Guy Holiday will be successful wherever he goes. Okay, But you're right. There is no guarantee that he comes back to BYU. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is BYU TV dual threat analyst for football and basketball and a BYU national champion, Blaine Fowler. Blaine, great to have you back on, man. What's going on, guys? Well, we're just trying to figure out what exactly we want to hear from the newly introduced BYU coordinators today around 3 p.m. Eastern. So what do you want to hear from those guys when they take the mic for the first time in a public forum? You know what? I, I hope that they, you know, they don't really know what they're going to run. They know what they want to do philosophically. Like, I know Ty, and I've known him for years, and I know he wants to run a pro-style balanced offense, and I'm sure we'll hear that. It'll be really similar to what we saw from BYU back when Ty played, where the quarterback is a pocket passer, and you know, a lot of two back and tight ends back involved again. I heard he put the word out saying, "Hey, great tight ends, we're looking for you." Um, so I think I think we'll hear that. But but I'm betting we're going to hear a little bit about how recruiting is the focus. Um, and as I look at what Kalani did in assembling the staff with Tuiaki and Detmer and and what he's doing so far, it's obvious that what he's doing is he's trying to assemble a staff of the best recruiters in the country. And you know, if you've got great talent. And if they start getting all the high-profile LDS recruits and then add to that with some other kids that fit in, does it really matter what you run or can you dominate with better athletes? And so I'm betting they're going to talk about recruiting and how they're already recruiting and their focus has been on recruiting. Yesterday, Blaine, we talked about the Big 12 proposal, January 15th. It's going to be voted on. That could have potential expansion implications. Do you think that that proposal will pass on January 15th or if it doesn't, uh, you know, that expansion could happen? 
it, it's just so hard to predict because it, when we went into this fall, right before the fall, I thought that it was going to be a certainty that it would pass. But then if you remember, the Big Ten uh, pushed an amendment through that blocked basically the ability to deregulate um, uh, the championships. So so now it's a two-step process. They want divisions. The yeah. Right. So the, so the Big 12 now first has to overturn the amendment that the Big Ten proposed. Then they have to push through an approval for deregulation. So, so it's a little more difficult than it was just seven months ago. So I do think it's going to be harder. Now, now, my, now I'm like 50-50. I would have told you it was a 90% chance it was going to go through. Now I'm 50-50. Mm. Um, because obviously the Big Ten has, has felt like, wait a minute here, we expanded to 14, the, the ACC has 14, the SEC has 14. Why are we going to let these guys not do that? And so there's going to be some opposition to it. So now I say it's 50-50, maybe even 40-60 that they don't get it. If they don't get it, I believe there's enough support with the big schools that they'll expand. And I would certainly think BYU would be one of the top couple of teams on the list. So, so there you go. I, unpredictable, but more likely that it gets voted, uh, you know, the approval to deregulate gets voted down because of the two-step process than it was, say, in August. Okay, Blaine, put on your magic hat. Let's have some hypothetical fun here. We want you to look into the future. What happens first, a Big 12 invite for BYU or BYU men's basketball wins a West Coast Conference championship? Oh, gosh. I, I think they're going to win a WCC championship next year. So, and I don't know, even if, even if deregulation doesn't go through, Bob Bowles be the Big 12 commissioner. I don't know. He, does he seem like the most boring man in the world? He's the opposite. <laughs> He's the opposite of the Dos Equis guy. He's not uh-huh. the most interesting man in the world. Wait. He's the most boring man in the world. And and I think he'll drag his feet and he'll eventually they'll do it. But but I say they win a WCC championship next year and then the Big 12 expansion comes that following spring. Let's continue with hoops. BYU 88 in the RPI right now, five out in Lenardi's latest bracketology. What do you think of BYU hoops at about the midway point right now? We're kind of in the position we were last year, right, where we're going, oh, gosh, can they really make it from here? And then last two years. Strong. Yeah, then they finish strong. I-, I think they'll do the same. I was a little disappointed in their consistency um, through 15 games. You know, when I look at them statistically, I go, hey, 38.5% from three, that's not bad. Well, if they shot 38.5% every game, they'd probably be 12-3, and three, not 10-5. and five. The problem is, is they shoot lights out one game, and the next game they're horrific. Um, and so consistency is what they need, but I think as they get in the league play, we'll see more consistency. Young guys will be more consistent, so, so Nick Emery will get more consistent. I don't know what to make of Chase, <laughs> Chase Fisher. We, we need him to be more consistent. But in the end, I think they're going to get right to that level where they're going to have to win two games in the conference tournament again and get to the finals. Uh, I believe if they can get to 26 wins, they're going to be in. And so that's, that's a tall task, but I believe they're up to it. I think they have the talent to do it. And I think they'll get on a roll down the stretch just because that's what Dave Rose has coached out of these guys in the past. He's proven to us that when their backs are against the wall and they go down the stretch in the season, they can get better as the season progresses. We know he's a great coach. I expect them to do the same again this year. If inconsistency is the biggest issue for BYU men's basketball right now, where do you think they are excelling the most? Well, you know, I think I think they're rebounding the basketball well. You know, they're like plus six in rebound margin this year, and they've been solid inside. They've been 
they've been better at times defensively. Um, but I, I just think this team is a team that's more physical than teams BYU's put on the floor the last couple of years. That, to me, means they're going to match up better with Gonzaga. Now, now, the Zags are really, really good this year. I know that that translates to wins. But when you get to tournament time and everybody's shooting percentage comes down, toughness pays off. And I think that we're going to see that pay off down the stretch when BYU's having to win games and it feels like tournament time. Then they go into WCC tournament and then the postseason. That toughness that they have and the ability to rebound is going to pay off for them. What starting lineup has been the most effective, in your opinion, this year? Oh, jeez. Do you know what? It, I like the lineup, and really the, the, it's Celius that, that makes a difference or doesn't make a difference. I like him starting um, because, you know, we talk about lack of consistency. He may be the most consistent player they've had um, out there this season, which is crazy that I'm saying that because – He's a young guy, and young guys are supposed to be wildly inconsistent. So, so I and, and then you know, then the other one is: Do you go with Kafusi, um, you know, starting, or do you go with Nate Austin starting? And I think that that depends on matchups. You know, if you need great defensive effort and just an effort guy that's going to take charges and do that against a team, then Nate Austin seems to be the right fit. If you need a little more offense, um, then Kafusi seems to be the right fit. But but to me, any lineup that has Celius in it, I like because I feel like he's been the most consistent player for them. And I'm talking about outside of Kyle Collinsworth, because Kyle's just Mr. Just fill up the stat sheet every single solitary night. So you know how we do uh, Y-factor in football? If we did that in basketball, Kyle would be off of the list, because he just, he's, just, yeah. he's just great every game. He's like the quarterback. So you take him off, and then you go, who's been most consistent outside of that? And I think Zach Selyus has been phenomenal. So I'd like to see him get in there and start um, – and, uh, and, you know, he's played in 14 games. He hasn't started. How about putting him in that starting lineup? Okay, so let me throw this starting lineup at you. Kyle Davis as the five. Zach Selyus as the four. Nick Emery and Chase Fisher as your two guards. And Kyle Collinsworth as the point guard. Can BYU win 26 games this season with that lineup? Wow, that's, that's kind of a small lineup. <laughs> if they play zone, maybe, right? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a small lineup. You know, Davis has been really good, too. You, you look at... Take away free throw shooting, right? <laughs> that's that's not not really good. But he's <laughs> he's a rebounding machine, so he's consistently going to get your rebounds. He doesn't take bad shots. Um, you know, he shoots he shoots. What is he fifty four fifty five percent from the field this year? Um, and and so I you know I love I love Kyle Davis in the lineup. Put him at the five. It makes you way better offensively. It allows you to get up and down the floor. Um, but it depends on who you're playing because I don't think you can start that group against Gonzaga. I think you can start that group against St. Mary's. I think you can start, you know, it depends on who you're playing. But Gonzaga has the ability to put three guys on the floor that are 6'10 or bigger. And, and I think you have to match them up um, at least for a period of time and see if you can match up. And then if not, then you go small and try to make them run with you. But I love that offensively. Spencer, I think offensively that's a really good line. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm just not sure if we can defend. And as Jerem says, unless you play some zone, you can play zone in that. And if you're not getting beat inside, then I think you create mismatches for the other team offensively. But, yeah, I'd I really like to see Celius get some starts. So BYU has been good when they have gone to the zone, Blaine. So I know Dave likes to use that as a wrinkle, speaking of head coach Dave Rose. Would you like to see BYU play more zone than they are playing man-to-man defense right now? It's a fun thing because it seems like 
they cause teams more trouble when they're in the zone and they're active in the zone, and that may, it's just a personnel thing this year. I know that, that Dave would prefer to play a steady diet of man-to-man and just mix it up with zone because it's hard to rebound when you're playing zone, um, especially on the defensive end. When you're playing man, you've got a guy. When the ball goes up, you put a body on that guy. It's really, really simple rebounding. When you're in man, you're in an area, or when you're in zone, you're in an area. The ball goes up, and sometimes guys don't focus. They don't go find a guy and put a body on him, and you give up offensive boards. So the teams that rebound it really well out of the zone, like Syracuse and Air Force, well, I would say Air Force rebounds well, but let's say Syracuse, that zone is their primary defense. So they're really good rebounding um, out of that. I think that's his concern, is the ability to rebound out of it, and they've been good rebounding the ball. So I don't think we're going to see a steady diet of it. I think we'll continue to see it as a change-up uh, to to make teams have to change what they're doing offensively and confuse teams. Blaine, just work on your free throw shooting so you can be ready to go next time. Oh, my goodness. It's, you want to know what? Uh, can, uh, can we say they're getting better? I, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, why can't this team? Come on. They, they need to shoot in the mid-70s. Why can't they shoot in the mid-70s? That's a great question, and I wish if I had were, an answer. Yeah, if they were shooting in the mid-70s, we could also chalk up a couple more wins right now. It's it's really concerning, and I know they're spending a ton of time on it, but my goodness, they've that's another area that they've got to get better at. We didn't talk about that. They've got to get more consistent scoring. They've got to be more patient and not just jack up threes when they're not hitting them. But it seems like free throw is something that if you work on it enough, you can get better at. And, man, as they go down the stretch, they're going to have to close out some games that are close from the free throw line, and let's just hope the right guys are on the line, right? Follow him at bfowler16 on the Twitter machine. Blaine Fowler, always good to talk to you, my friend. All right, guys, take care. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Now, we were talking about free throw shooting. We have a head ball coach in studio with us up next, Jeff Judkins. We're going to talk to him about how you address... He could shoot free throws. You address a, a concern when your team isn't shooting free throws well. How do you do that? Well, yeah, and I don't know that it's that big a deal now. I think BYU's improved. The men's team has improved on free Jeff Judkins' women's team has his team rolling in the RPI ranks. They've won 8 of 9. He'll join us next on BYU Sports Nation. In the mustards! Welcome to a partnership where customer experience comes first. It's our focus. It's your expectation. We provide support to those that go the extra mile. For all of us. Supplying products, training, and service for generations. Learn more at BradyIndustries.com. I need a gift for my customers. Maybe a shirt or a hat. It's gotta say BYU because I'm a fan and so are they. So maybe a stadium chair or a beanie, even a blanket? Oh, something for the car. Office supplies? Cougar Blue nail polish. Yeah. There are many ways to leave an impression. Game day promos, offering items to market and promote business. Licensed promotional product vendor for BYU sports. Game day promos, beyond sports, beyond expectations. At BYU, the tradition is legendary, the quality unsurpassed, and the taste delicious. All your favorite players are here and ready for another great season. Get in the game for the half gallon of your favorite BYU All-Stars, LaBelle's Vanilla, Bishop's Bash, and the rest of the team. 
Creamery products are available at all Creamery locations and now Desert Bowl. Flavoring your BYU experience and be a part of the tradition. Next time on The Story Trek, from the land of Shakespeare, she says we all get paid the same every day in a general sense. It's what we do with that money that counts. You don't know whether you've got another day or not. Why don't you spend your $100 bill? (laughs) Great. And computers, texting, encyclopedias. What's wrong with kids today? Society is breaking down, and it's very apparent in the school systems. Watch The Story Trek tonight at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain on BYU-TV. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, guests coming up tomorrow, the coordinators, Ty Detmer and Ilaisa Tuiaki on the show tomorrow. So we'll hear from those guys. And again, media availability as we jump into the headlines. Uh, 3 Eastern today. It's not a press conference. It's media availability. Um, so first time available for them. We will periscope that on the BYU TV Sports account at 3 Eastern time. Ed Lamb will be there as well. The updated NCAA RPI has BYU men's basketball at 88. So not where they want to be, but not necessarily entirely out of the NCAA tournament conversation. Just ask Joe Lunardi. Former Cougar running back Paul Asike signed a reserve futures contract with the Chicago Bears, which means the Bears keep his rights for next season. ESPN Bracketology has BYU women's hoops as a 12 seed and the Cougars' latest RPI at 10. Woo! It was as high as number 7, I believe, or 8 last week, and that is a perfect segue to our next guest. Jamming with Juddy, Jeff Judkins, the head coach of BYU women's basketball, former NBA veteran. Jeff, welcome back to Studio B. Nice to be here. You've won 8 of 9 games. What aspect of your team's game right now has created that type of success? Well, I think we've had great guard play. Um, you know, we've had three kids that have been very consistent, McKenzie, Kylie, and Lexi. And uh, you know, it's the other night, Kylie had her career high of scoring. And 17 I think, points, yeah. Yeah, and I just think those three have been really solid for us. And um, at the first of the year, um, our inside presence has gotten better as the year's going on. I think Jasmine's gotten a lot better, and Amanda has come in and done her role very, very well, coming in off the bench and giving us the spark that we need and and rebounding. And uh, Purcell, what do you say? I mean, the girl's probably the most all-around best player in the league with rebounding, defending, passing. We need to get her to look to score more, but I think she's been more consistent with her game. And then Fuller came in and played a great game there tonight. 11 points. I hope she continues doing that for us. It gives us a good, a really a good uh, bump for our team when we need it. And Cassie's been really solid the whole year. Last game was probably her weakest. She got in foul trouble early, and that really kind of fouled up our rotations a little bit. But she's been playing very well. So those, those things are why I think our team's done so well. Your team's feisty, and I like it. And you, yeah. and you got feisty, too. Saturday at halftime, you were fired up because you'd kind of blown a little late. What did you say Jeez. at halftime to your team? You know, you come out and you punch them in the face and you got them on the ground. you got to continue pounding it. You don't give up. <laughs> and and I, I just thought we let them get back in the game. And so I went at halftime and I just told them, hey, not, now you've got them thinking they can win this game. you got to come out in the first bit of this game and punch them back again and not let them control what they wanted to do. And I thought we did a really good job with that. Do you ever have to preserve your voice? Like, are you so upset that you're like, you know, I need to calm down because I need to save the volume of my voice? 
<laughs> I don't know if I'd try to save it. I think you have to be able to use your voice at certain times. And, uh, you know, head coach, the easiest thing is to walk in at halftime and everything's going great and you make a few adjustments. And there's sometimes you had to do what I had to do. You had to get in there and kind of get a little excited and say, hey, let's go. You know, we got we got to play better basketball. And you can't use that line all the time because then the girls just say, oh, here he comes in again. you got to kind of pick, pick and choose. And this was the first time I've really got on them hard at halftime. When you look at, uh, you know, you have preseason voice, probably midseason voice, postseason voice in terms of how much strength you have there. Is this is this your regular voice, or have you been yelling so much you lose it a little easier? <laughs> I probably have not lost it too much this year because we've played pretty well. I mean, like I said, so this, if you're playing poorly, less we're voice. playing poorly. You're kind of more yelling and getting yeah. on them. Yeah, Spencer, when you're, same when you're, thing, when you're playing all right, you're kind of. Uh, you know, it's kind of like you're a good husband. You come home, you do all your things. Your wife doesn't say much to you. and I can you relate know, with that. And, and you know, but uh, I really haven't had to do too much. I, you know, my team's been pretty focused. Um, there might be a couple timeouts that I've had to kind of say, let's go, let's, let's, let's shape up. But, uh, you know, I've got great assistant coaches that help me a lot with that. You know, they're, the they're, in fact, they're leading me in technicals. You know, I don't have a technical this year, and they—they they, we have three technicals from my assistant coaches, so they must be yelling. Who has something. the most? Melinda Bendel, right now. She's got two, right? She has two, and the she one has she two technicals. Yeah, the one she got there tonight was really quite—it was a joke. I well, mean, and on the air, I gave credit to Dan uh, Nielsen for yeah. that. It was actually Melinda. I give and Dan the credit. She, she, usually, deserve. Dan gets a Melinda's <laughs> little bit. Melinda says over the back and gets a technical. I mean, that's a little sensitive, yeah, ref. Yeah, yeah, sensitive a little bit. Much? Yeah, a little bit. So. <laughs> That's good though. I'm glad that they're that they're talking because I'm not a big talker in the game. I try to coach, and it's nice to have them yelling some things. I had three seconds. Hey, they're pushing, and uh, you know I I want them to continue doing that. BYU has an RPI of ten right now. Wins over number nineteen Texas A&M in the RPI. They're the seventeenth ranked team in the country, and over number thirty three St. Mary's. I can't remember a time when I remember I, I BYU was this high in the RPI rankings. Do you? Um, I don't think so, and I think the main reason is we, this was the hardest preseason that I've since I've been here that we've taken on, and we did that for a reason. We did it to try to get a hard, high, you know, RPI uh, ranking, and in case we don't win the tournament, that we have a chance of going to the NCAA tournament because that's what our goal is as, as a team. Do you follow bracketology just as a reference of kind of where you're at, or do you totally ignore that? Because you came out as a 12 seed in ESPN's initial bracket. I don't pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, Dan, my assistant, is more into that stuff, and he lets me know. Um, you know, someday we'd like to be a higher seed than a 12 or 11. We'd like to be, you know, a 4 or 5. That would really help. But, um, you know, we just try to do the best we can. This year we 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 we, we really took a gamble, and – Try to play some hard, hard teams, and I think we've. I think my team has learned from it. We talked about getting better at free throw shooting with Blaine Fowler, and as a head coach, if your team is struggling shooting from the free throw line, what do you do to address that in practice when you can't go out there and and kind of get in their ear during the game? Well, it's really hard, <clears throat> Spencer, because Lexi struggled the last game. She's a great foul shooter, and to go nine for fourteen is not like her. I mean, she every day she shoots 25 to 50 foul shots, and she's in the 46 
to 23, 24 range, and then she goes in and doesn't make it. It's so mental. And I think as a coach, what you try to do is get your players to come over and kind of forget about their misses and concentrate on what they're trying to do. A lot of things what I'll do is I'll, I'll <clears throat> tell them something fundamentally, like you're not falling through or you're not balanced or shoot on your toes or um, don't watch the ball, watch the rim. I try to get their mind off what what they're trying to do. And a lot of times it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but the best way is to get in the gym and shoot and practice and put that pressure. We try to do a lot of shooting foul shots with pressure by girls running lines to try to put pressure. Or I say, if you don't make 20 out of 25, you're going to run. <clears throat> Those are things that you try to try to do as a coach. And uh, the key is to have your best foul shooters shooting the most foul shots. That's, that's, that's great coaching. That's, that's great that, coaching. Yeah, yeah. Get that. Yes. And uh, Lexi is. Lexi's been a great foul shooter. And um, that's probably a great question. I asked my team yesterday, who is the leading foul shooter on our team? And you got, if you get it right, you don't have to run. If you miss, you're going to run. And they figured it out, and they said Cassie Broadhead. That was correct. That was the right answer. So you got a smart team, too. That's good. Yeah. Last night at the free throw line, Utah Jazz against Houston Rockets. James Harden, a, f- a fan, had a, a laser pointer, and it got in his eyes. That fan has been banned for a year from NBA <laughs> venues. What's Dang the, it. Tell you bring that guy to what's the cra- <laughs> What are some of the craziest things you saw when you played in the NBA from fans? Uh, pictures with crazy, you know, picture looking pictures. Uh, those little twirly things that go around that mm-hmm. that distracts you a lot. You know, they get the yeah. bubble thing, they go like that. But the little spin around things, uh, lights are a big thing. Flashing lights. Um, some people, it's harder to shoot with no noise than a lot of noise. You can zone uh, it out. It's weird. Yeah, There's yeah. so much noise you hear nothing. Yeah, yeah, and and so those things kind of distract you a little bit. Um, pressure, you know. There's a big difference in shooting a foul shot when you're up 20 and, and the game's tied. I mean, if somebody says no, it isn't. They're crazy because they've never been there. I've been there, and it's a lot harder to make foul shots with pressure. Notice how much how many people miss technical fouls. They missed a lot of those because nobody's on the line. It's totally different. They're not used to it. It's weird. So it's kind of that sometimes. So there's a lot of things. Hey, you heard it from Jeff Judkins. Bring the uh, Twilight Zone spinny yeah. things. Yeah, bring to it to our game. Will you? <laughs> bring it to it. And yell. It's really hard to make free throws for that. Coach, great to have you. Congratulations hey, on your success. Thanks. Thanks. I hope we can take care of business this weekend. Our Twitter question today, what do you want to hear from Ty Detmer, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb today in their press conference as we move back to football? At Kahuna Cougar says, what style of offense will BYU run? Sorry, media availability. What style of offense will BYU run? Yeah, how run? dare you? Will we run a 4-3 defense, and who are the rest of the staff? We've yeah. heard that before. Yeah, those are questions uh, that will be answered. Can't wait. Three Up Eastern. next, three-time Olympic medalist, including two golds, and his standout BYU gymnast daughter, the Vidmars in Studio B. He knows gold. I came to Southern Virginia University to wrestle, but I stayed because of the education and the experiences that I had. For me, it goes down to the professors who care. Because of the personalized education I received, I was able to start a business as I did that, my professors understood the challenges and struggles that I had, but they provided me with the knowledge and information I needed to succeed. My name is Colter Sims, and I'm a knight. Les Olson Company is a very diverse company. We have a division that supports software and that helps automate business processes and really protect your documents. We have a division 
called Manage Print Services that takes a holistic view and looks at every device in your company infrastructure and helps you manage that day to day to allow your team of people to focus on what you do best. It was there for you over a thousand times yesterday. It was there for you today. And it will be there tomorrow. As long as you're making memories, it will be here to save them for you. It's what we do. We create the technology that saves your memories. I am Flash, connecting people through memory. Next time on American Ride. At the conclusion of the French and Indian War, the American colonies are in a state of political unrest. Men like Richard Henry Lee and Patrick Henry will become the pioneers of American patriotism, leading the charge towards revolution. It's our America. Let's take a ride. Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Friday night, men's volleyball opens the season. They're number one. They play Loyola, who's number three. Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Check it out. Can't wait. Ben Patch is back from his mission. It's going to be awesome. BYU, the top-ranked team in the preseason, which means they won the preseason national championship. No yeah. one's. Again, no one actually says again that. the expectations. The Jerem and his mustache will be on point on Friday night. And Steve Vale, very excited that Steve Vale has been there. He's had some poor health lately, but he is he is good to go. He is back. So the it's team be is awesome. back. Joining us now, a duo of outstanding gymnasts, both hailing from the same family. Emily Vidmar, current standout for BYU, and her father Peter Vidmar, a three-time Olympic medalist. Welcome to Studio B, both of you. Great to be here. Thanks. Look, I don't know <laughs> if we've had a gold medalist on the set, so can we yeah. like? Woo! For okay. that. That's pretty All cool. Right. All right. We've had Olympians, but not gold medals. <laughs> My first question I want actually to address to Emily. When did you get interested in gymnastics? Well, I started at a very young age, but I didn't actually start competing in artistic gymnastics till I was about 11, which is late for most gymnasts. But I think one thing I really loved about it was just all my, a lot of my closest friends were doing it. And, you know, a lot of my family members did it, but I was the only one who stuck with it. Was it some, how was that dynamic, Peter? Where you have daughters, your yeah. parents were gymnasts. Like, well, I had everyone son, expects them to be gymnasts. Sons probably, and right? daughters that all did gymnastics at some point. Uh, two of my sons gravitated to wrestling. My, my daughter Catherine actually ran cross country and track here at BYU for four years. So, um, but Emily's the one that really just stuck with gymnastics and really focused on it and was extremely dedicated. And very, we're, we're both very proud of her and. Um, as we are of all of our children, but uh, she's she's the one that's really put the hours in, and, and it's great to see where she's developed. What is it like for you to sit back as a parent now, having excelled yourself at gymnastics, and watch your daughter compete at a high level? You know, it's different. I was more nervous watching my sons wrestle than I was watching her do gymnastics, <laughs> simply because 
I know gymnastics, and so I know she's going to make a mistake before she actually makes it. When you see her tap is off on the swing or something's a little bit off, you know the trouble's brewing. And fortunately, I don't see that very often at all anymore because she's done so well. But uh, in other sports that I don't really understand as much, all of a sudden I think, well, why is he on his back? What happened? How did that happen? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know so, what's going on. so I don't really understand. So gymnastics uh, is less stressed. My wife gets very stressed watching Emily compete. My wife was a gymnast at UCLA, the captain mm-hmm. of the team back when we met uh, in college. Is that where you, you so, met at UCLA? We did, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Emily, you have a, a brand new coach in guard, Young. Tremendous experience mm-hmm. for him. Who do, you, who do you listen to more, guard or your dad? Uh, probably guard. <laughs> That's a good, That's a good <laughs> answer, right? That's a good answer. Yeah, he's the you know he's in the gym every day, so he knows all of our mistakes and what we need to work on. What kind of difference have you noticed as he has taken over now in year one at BYU? Like, what, is there anything that you're just like, oh man, this this dynamic has totally changed? Um, I would say it's a lot more. I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot more hard work put into everything. That's like the biggest thing I've noticed. It's a lot more organized, a lot more involvement in our lives, a lot more involvement with gymnastics, trying to get everything, the word out there just to build up our program. Detail-oriented. Yeah. Peter, when you look at uh, your ability to – you still got it. You still got it. You do hands <laughs> – did a handstand competition or something at a meet? Can you still do that? Uh, oh, Can you guys compete we, in that? We, we compete against each other all the time. I'll, I won't tell you who wins, but we have a lot of fun with little Emily, contests. Emily, who wins? In the Me. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. Okay, it's a tie. Okay. So. Oh, it's a tie. tie. You know, it's, but I'll tell you, it's interesting to see the dynamic uh, with BYU Gymnastics. Brad and Don Catamull, I'm very grateful for them in, in providing this opportunity for Emily, and she's a much better gymnast than she was when she arrived at BYU. Brad taught me my very first gymnastics skill when I was about 10 years old, and he was a high school gymnast at Westchester High in Los Angeles. So now I mm. become a gymnast training with Makoto Sakamoto, uh, who was the great Olympian from the USA, and he was my coach. I, I idolized uh, Wayne Young, who, Guard's father, who was an NCAA champion and an Olympian from BYU. Wayne becomes the head coach at BYU. And then Wayne goes on to medical school, and Mako Sakamoto becomes the head coach at BYU and coaches Guard Young. And then, and then wow. Guard becomes the head coach now at BYU, and he's coaching my daughter. So it's amazing how this sh- little family's kind of come full circle. Yeah. And this is her senior year, so this kind of all concludes this year. So my wife and I are trying to get to every meet this year. That was unbelievable. We're going to have to write that <laughs> yeah. to, to, to <laughs> figure out the connections. My goodness, that was amazing. Okay, Emily, as a senior now, because this is your swan song, uh, can, we just, can we start referring to you, Peter, as, as Emily Vidmar's dad? Instead of Emily being your daughter, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, I think uh, I would be Emily Vidmar's father. I've always felt that way, to be honest with you, as well as with the rest of our children. So one time, I, I think I uh, embarrassed Evan Durant because I said, "Are you Mark's brother?" You know, the the great basketball player. Mark said, "Yeah, everyone always calls me the brother, not him the brother." Yeah, so <laughs> so that happened. Uh, tell us a little bit about the upcoming season. I know Friday against the Red Rocks, Utah, mm-hmm. Salt Lake, an exciting yeah. opportunity for you guys. I'm super excited for this season. I'm really pumped to see the potential that our team has, and it's going to be fun. Gymnastics is way fun. So, How is the health of the team right now? I know that there were some injury concerns last year, but how overall, how is the health of this BYU gymnastics team? Um, all right, now we you know there's always injuries. Definitely still struggling with that, but overall we look healthier than last year, which is good because there's a lot of gymnasts that we still need on this team that are doing better. So that's good. For those that don't, you know, watch a lot of gymnastics, um, 
I, I got really into it when I started calling the meets in, in 2008 through 11, and now Spencer has, has picked that up. But playing Utah or competing with Utah is very interesting because it's not necessarily head-to-head. You want to get your best score. You want to beat them, per se, but it's not necessarily about the win. Can you explain that dynamic, especially against a rival? Yeah, that's the nature of gymnastics. It's a team competition. It's based solely on collective individual performances. And so you can have you have no effect on the opponent. You're not setting up a block or a screen. No defense. There's, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. It just doesn't exist in the sport. It's up to you. But the other thing about gymnastics is that you are utterly, completely alone out there on the floor. It's you and the apparatus. And so... In a way, there's a little bit more pressure, a little more focus on that one athlete's performance. And that's what I really admire about these young women on the floor is that they can tune out the crowd noise, they can tune out all distraction, and they can get on a four-inch wide beam and do amazing skills. And it's really uh, fun to watch. And the level is, just keeps getting higher every year. Uh, I, she's doing skills on the uneven bars that are, are harder than some of the skills they did on the horizontal bar when I was in the Olympics. And so to see the sport advance the way it has is just really exciting. I just don't know where it's going to be 20 years from now. Yep. It's amazing. Emily, you do a scale on the beam, and again, it's four inches wide. I believe it's called the Lucan, right? Nastia Lucan was the first to do it, where yeah. you flip forward and then land on one leg, mm-hmm. which is just, it's just crazy, okay? <laughs> and there's no other word for it. Like, every time I see it, I'm like... Oh, my goodness. Hey, how do you zone in on that and not let the thousands of people that will be watching in the Huntsman Center on on Friday affect you in that performance? For me, what really helps is I just really focus on – I have, like, two key words that I always say before I do the skill. And if I just focus on those two key words, then the skill just comes. Because I've done it so many times. I have the muscle memory. And so it's just making sure you're focused. And so when I say those two key words, it – reminds me to just be focused what are the words i say chest up and push through so it doesn't really make sense to anyone else yeah. but it makes sense to me sure. maybe that will help you while you basketball shoot free throws better <laughs> yeah, chest up and push through <laughs> peter if I, I don't know. if I if i walk into your house where are the where are the medals not that yeah no yeah. they they how do quickly plan, do, do i see them, them yeah exactly that's not a word how quickly do i see them they're uh, they're off in a corner somewhere, yeah. That, yeah, just in a dining room area. So yeah. it's, it's um, I'm, I'm grateful. They, they're just more of a symbol of all the effort, just as any of her awards are, yeah. or the awards my other children have. I so. felt super weird about how I asked that. So if I rob your house, <laughs> where am I going to find where the gold Where am I going to go and be able to steal those? Yeah, the mustache has <laughs> affected me negatively. I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, let's end with that. How would you rate Jerem's mustache, both of you? Peter, you go first. Oh, my gosh. No. Uh, on a scale of one, a gymnastic scale of one to ten. Yes. Ooh, yeah. I, I don't know. But that. But if I were to give him a score below ten, then that would mean that there was a, dedu- a deduction somewhere. And okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to, to make that judgment. <laughs> wow. Your okay. Turn, Emily. Emily, are you prepared to make that judgment? Um, 9.85. Wow. <laughs> That's good. You guys are great human beings. Yeah. yeah. I know it's not true, but I appreciate it. <laughs> The Vidmars in studio. It'd be great to have you both. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Good luck on Friday night, Emily. Let's have Thank you guys you. sign our flag if you don't mind. Yeah. Be all right. yeah, yeah. By the way, I want to mention the, the meet Friday uh, is on the Pac-12 Network if you want to watch it, if you get that chance. Of course they do. Support the Cougars. Up That's next. 8 Eastern. More of your responses on what you want to hear from the new football coordinators plus the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. The BYU Store, your source for authorized BYU sports gear. Gear designed for fans to show their true colors. 
something the BYU Store does every day. The BYU Store, proud to sponsor BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV. My name is Dr. Joshua Red, and I'm a chiropractic physician at Red River Health and Wellness. We don't want a patient to have to see us for the rest of their lives. We want them to be the expert in their own health. It's really awesome for us to see these patients going from five good days a month to 25 good days a month, and they have a lot more control over their condition than they did before. If you have symptoms such as depression, fatigue, headaches, or an inability to concentrate, you may have low thyroid caused by Hashimoto's disease. Red River Health and Wellness can help with a treatment plan remotely or at any one of our locations. Left turn ahead, 250 feet. Oh, that can't be right. Satellites don't lie. You have reached your destination. Took the shortcut, huh? Have a car wreck? Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Martin's Collision Repair. Blue runs deep on BYU TV. Don't miss the Loyola Chicago BYU men's volleyball game. Live Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 Mountain. Watch all of your favorite BYU teams on BYU TV. Your home for Cougar sports. Hey guys, follow us on Instagram at Studio CTV for some backstage looks, sneak peeks, and all sorts of pics of us. See you there. Find Studio C on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Connect with us, we'll connect with you. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football will hold media availability at 3 Eastern time with new offensive and defensive coordinators Ty Detmer and Eli, Eli Issa Tuiaki, and new assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Both Detmer and Tuiaki scheduled to join us tomorrow. We will periscope that media availability at 3 Eastern. Men's basketball. Updated NCAA RPI rankings have the Cougars at 88. They host Santa Clara Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Paul Lasique signed a reserve futures contract with Chicago Bears, which means the Bears keep Lasique's rights for next season. Women's basketball. ESPN Bracketology has BYU Women's Hoops as a 12 seed against Syracuse. The Cougars' latest RPI, number 10. Cougars in the association. Matt Carlino signed with the D-League Rio Grande Valley Vipers. NBA, uh, also NBA 10-day contracts can be signed starting today. Paging Jimmer Fredette. Future guests, as we have mentioned, Ty Detmer, Eli Satuayaki, Terry Nashif, Greg Swain, the guy that started the BYU to Big 12 conversation once again, all on the show coming up. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jerem? Guard Young. And Peter Vidmar and Emily, I'm getting, I got into gymnastics right there. I was like, sweet, beat Utah on Friday. Gold medalist in the studio. Our elite tweet of the day from that crazy kook fanatic says, what she wants to hear from the new coordinators is, we will finish what Broncos started. Oh, my goodness. All snap. Star Wars! For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Isaac Kelly. We'll see you tomorrow.